Craft Beer Radio episode 236, January 26, 2013. Well, that sound bed didn't last quite as long as I thought it would, but it almost worked out there. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are crossing the threshold into drinking some good beers. I'm Jeff. We hope. I'm Greg. And tonight we're drinking a few beers. These are all beers that you picked up at your recent trip over... To Ohio, yes. yes. Two here from Chalet Premier, two from Vintage Estates. Appear, it appears. Mm. I, I, yeah, I picked up some stuff that was uh, not quite what I thought would be. You know, oh, this is going to be awesome, but more like this is interesting. I'll give it a shot. We're going to start with a Beta's Andy Gator. Beta's in Louisiana, and Andy Gator. I don't have my computer with me, so it's a Hellespock. Here, why don't you go ahead and right, pull I, I have the information on my phone. I have to pull them up, though. Uh, it's a Hellas Bach, like Jeff said. So did, we have, like, three loggers and a porter. So we're going to have three loggers meet with the goddess and then tell with the father of the porter, I think. Um, beer profile. Alcohol by line, 8%. IBUs, 25. Color, SRM, 8. 235 calories. Here's where it gets you. 19 carbs. 19 grams of carbs in this sucker. Uh, in a 22-ounce bottle. Ooh. German lager yeast, pale malt, and German pearl hops or perlay hops. Okay, so super duper clear, filtered, mm. almost definitely. Fingerprints are visible through the glass. It is a golden color. Yeah. I'd say around eight SRMs if I had to go with my uh, <laughs> naked eye. You you get more and more accurate when I read the SRM first. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't say SRM. It just says color 8. That's nice. I figured that's SRM. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's a grainy um, uh, pale malt <laughs> aroma. So it's, it's, a, it's a Hellas Bach. Yeah. So, you know, it's an 8% beer. Um, Hellas is stands for blonde or golden in German. I think it stands more literally for blonde, um, but it's a pale beer. But it, you know it has a more higher alcohol thing. So the blocks, so it's the two put together. It. Um, I'm trying to think. Let you me can think. smell a, a spicy European hop in there, and there's a wet, just sort of. Um, the grain, it's, it's like the, the grains have been, they, they just started to open, right? They just started to, to malt just a little bit. Okay. I mean, when I smell these kind of beers, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of honey because they're, they're, they're pretty sweet and, <clears throat> you know, lots of, you know, you know, lots of, you know, sugars were in the beer before it fermented and fermented out, but it leaves a, it's not just like honey. It doesn't smell like meat or honey beer, but yeah, honey it, has it a particular kind of uh it grabs you in a particular way uh and this doesn't have that so okay well for me it, you know i'm for lack of better words it ha- it reminds me of honey maybe it's the the little bit of the alcoholic that's coming off yeah. of it you know is reminding me of a mead which you know is a higher alcohol beverage maybe that's part of why i'm thinking honey yeah i'm getting a little bit of hops the um I wish I'm trying to figure out more words to what a lot of what was the um the grains for this one? You know, German pale malt. Oh, pale malt, okay. Interesting. I uh I'm trying to warm it up a bit because these are just this is really just out of the fridge and I think it needs to be a little bit warmer. So they want you to I drink it, it they want you to drink it to forty two though, so it's it's oh. already it's already there. Yeah, okay, forty two. Okay, it's chewy. It's the the high alcohol and the the lagering of the beer gives it a interesting sort of viscosity to it. So it feels almost like there's an extra bit of surface tension as you're sloshing around in your tongue. There's a weight to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the flavors themselves are very 
very German. <laughs> it, it's you know it's it's a it's not quite going into um, Dortmunder area because it's not quite that spicy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's clean, it's crisp, but all those flavors are like doubled. All the in, there, there's a more intense, very pale malt. There's a more intense minor hopping. There's a more intense alcohol mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah. It says pale malt. They might have been a little generic on mm-hmm. there. I'm pretty sure there's a Pilsner malt in here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a little bit of DMS in there, but you know, what you'd expect from from a Pilsner, you know, it's nothing overboard. It's not like it's a showing up as a flaw in the beer, but you can taste it. You can yeah. tell it's a Pilsner beer. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other thing I'm getting is is like a Continental hops, the Perlé hops, uh, you know, you're tasting that. It's um, not quite as forward as you might think for... Like Zot. It's not yeah. quite as spicy. Yeah. It's... Uh, here, let me take another sip. It's a little more... Um, yeah, it, it's a little more like Peapod. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, there's that. It, it does have a little bit of... When you say Peapod, you know... There's a DMS. DMS is yeah. green beans, vegetal, and you know Edamame. there's a little bit of there's that something there. Yeah, like that going on. Full body in the mouthfeel for sure. Mm-hmm. You know this big beer. It uh, definitely gives you that that chewiness that Greg mentioned. I'm trying to think, what else? It's not trying to be anything more than it is. It's not trying to be super complex, which is good because you know. You're making a very uh, a beer where if you, a flaw would be very apparent in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jeff said, I mean, we can taste. There's probably you know a tiny bit of DMS that just comes naturally from the process, and you can taste it. Uh, it's not a flaw, but it's there. If there were something flawed about this, you would be able to taste it right away, It'd even be, with the high alcohol. No, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to. Trying to really put words to it. It's hard to you know, put words to. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's not a lawnmower or summer lager because of the high alcohol, because mm-hmm. of the chewiness. It's it's almost a dessert beverage in a sense. It, it it feels like something you would have after after a big meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where. It fits in it, it is um remarkably dry mm-hmm. you know it, i wouldn't expect it to be so dry and it's a great balance because there's a big sweetness there's a big you know mouthfeel there and but it's it, it definitely scrubs it off at the end of the tongue finishes nice and dry it has a nice balance doesn't you know doesn't build up on your palate for sure it's nice nice experience while drinking it yeah i'm a uh a lot of times I have a friend at work who criticizes my car because it's not a big muscle car. <laughs> uh, I think that the Lunar Excursion Module is one of the most beautiful machines ever made, even though it doesn't look like anything. But I'm a mm-hmm. function over form kind of guy. This is a function over form kind of beer. Uh, it's not about showing off your... Your, your ingredients. It's more about it's more about highlighting just just the little bits that are in there and making those work. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's reminding me. It's not really caramelized, but it, it does. You know, it's so malty. It, it's somehow reminding me of. I'm having a hard time. I mean, you know, bread pudding, but not really. Um. There's a, the re, I said after dinner because I, I think about sipping this like I would you know after dinner you may be sipping a brandy or a whiskey or something. Mm-hmm. There's there's a quality to it that lends itself to that it, it it's the heaviness it's that heaviness of the alcohol I think. Yeah, you know actually you know maybe I'm just thinking German and I'm trying to make associations, but you know I'm thinking this would go good with you know some kind of pork, you know a good pork meal, but again. <laughs> That's I think that's me forcing an association, but I'm like, oh, that would be good with like a pork shoulder or something like I that. I think a lot of it is that beer is such a huge part of German culture mm-hmm. that they've built their cuisine around it. It could be, yeah. So yeah, I think that a lot of 
beer, a lot of German cuisine would go well with sausages. Beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. And this just reminds us of a German style mm-hmm. beer, so that's why it's fitting in there. Ah, that's very good. All right, on to our next lager. Should we go with the Doppelbach or the smoked Pilsner? So the, I think we should save the two smokes for the last. Okay, so we'll go to the the other of the two box here. Uh, yes, Great Divide. I am over twenty one. <laughs> Wolfgang Doppelbach. Originally called Liquid Bread. Blah 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 blah. Eight percent alcohol by volume. Uh, yeah. It's a seasonal. It comes in 22-ounce bottles and 5-gallon kegs. Yep, that's it. So, double box are double box. They are stronger versions of a German Bach beer. Yeah. So, the first one was a Helles Bach. So, you know, difference between a Bach and a Helles Bach or a Pale Bach is that they don't use... More of the the darker grains like the Munich and the you know the Vienna malts, and potentially things even darker than that. Where Doppelbach is just a bo- pretty much a Bach with more malt, typically a longer boil, gets a lot of kettle caramelization. You get a lot of really good yummy stuff from you know boiling those grains for or boiling the. The word, you know, the, the runoff from those grains were, were so long. All the sugars, they just turn all nice and dark. And... and in my experience, these are even better when they stick stones inside them and let the caramel oh. get on the stones because then the caramel really infuses <laughs> into the beer. You're thinking more. about a, a Stein beer where yeah. they're using the stones oh. to boil. I, I've had two or three of those, and they've all been excellent. I've had some good ones. I've had some that haven't been... Too awesome. You got a. I've had some homebrew Stein beers, oh. and there's been some. I don't know what the. I think you might were. need a really big kettle for it to work right. It, it could be that. It, it could be. Um, you know, they typically got their granite from you know a, oh. a headstone place, right? And they, you know, they haven't been used all that much. You know, it, it could be that. You know, and and obviously they weren't put in the fermenter. You know, traditionally. And I can't say if, like, um, Port Brewing does this or not. I don't recall. But, um, you know, they would put the rocks in the fermenters, and then the yeast would kind of chip away at the caramelized sugars on the rocks mm-hmm. as well. So smell on this is very Ooh. different from the last wow. one. You get a big malt, but you also get a fairly big hop. This is from Great Divide Brewing. And... Uh, doesn't smell German. You know, it smells like there's a there's a big hop profile to this as well. Mm-hmm. It first struck me as fruit. It actually reminds me a lot of a barley wine in the aroma. Yes. Yes, I can see that. It's a lot darker than your average barley wine. And why would why would a Doppelbach not smell like a barley wine, or why why do they not? Let me try to figure that one out. It's well, probably first of all, you different yeast. Yeah, it's lagered, so you know you should get less character from the yeast. Where a barley wine, you use an ale yeast, you typically get a lot more um, esters esters from the yeast. Um, it could be hopping as well, right? In German Doppelbachs can be typically hopped with continental hops, where you know, English-style barley wines are not very well hopped. American barley wines tend to be mm-hmm. significantly hopped with American hops. And in a Doppelbach, you tend to use, like, I don't know if you're, you're going to necessarily use a Vienna malts in a barley wine. You know, not so much. Typically you use some crystal, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, pale or marisotter. You know, English or American, mm-hmm. you typically don't use you know that maybe that's where the lines start getting blurred you know people that have brewed a lot more beer than me may have tried some of these hybrids take a doppelbach make it like a barley wine yeah. or, or vice versa and i i can see the grain bills you can you can do the grain bills essentially the same or you can make it more german or more you know american if you want to but yeah it's the yeast and the mm-hmm. process that makes it different and the hopping So, yeah, it's a dark red, uh, burgundy color. 
uh, you know, like a a really dark red wine. Yep, very clear again, almost definitely filtered. Getting uh, some fruits on the aroma too, some cherries, dried cherries, strawberry. Hmm. Strawberry is a good call, and um, actually, I'm not. I'm maybe Cantaloupe. maybe it's just a transition from the last one. I'm not really picking up the hops as I did the first couple of sniffs. Honeydew. Okay, so when you go to the flavor, I definitely think Greg stuck the um, honeydew in my head. So I'm <laughs> tasting. It, it's not just like there's like a texture that's reminding me of honeydew as well. Yeah. It, it's got a lot of melon to it. It's got a lot of of that character. Uh, so. Surprisingly, you're getting a lot of fruity esters out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fruity esters, getting a fair amount of hop flavor. Mm-hmm. Can't really tell the hops, but it's a fair amount of hop flavor. It's not super high. It's not like Simcoe or something like that. It's it's something. And yeah, the melon comes back in the late aftertaste, and the cantaloupe part mm-hmm. of the melon is really cantaloupey uh, towards the end. This is uh, yeah, this is not what. This is not listed at the bottom of the classic examples of the style for for Doppelbach. But it's an interesting beer, nonetheless. The hops are playing kind of a uh, an antagonist role here. They're they're fighting the sugars, which is good. But they're not they're not melding as well as you might expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're a little forceful. It's a little bitter in the aftertaste because of it. Yeah, the bitterness is, is definitely starting to build up a little bit. They're uh, doppelbox, generally not hoppy. No. I'm having a hard time thinking of like the hoppiest doppelbock, you know, like how this compares to it. This one's, you know, knocking it out of the park for if yeah. you're looking for a hoppy doppelbock, though. I'm not saying it's a hophead beer. It doesn't smell like, you know, a handful of, you know, no. of Cascade hops or anything like that. But just compared to its peers, it, it's. I mean, but if you're used to drinking super high alpha IPAs and then you go to. Uh, you know, like a Trogues, mm-hmm. it's going to be a way different than going to this, which is still got a lot of bitterness in it. So not quite the same. It's it definitely is, got that West Coast mentality. I'm surprised they could put that on the label. Wolfgang Doppelbach Lager, Sacred Saintly. <laughs> I'm surprised that got approved. Hmm. Bottled on June 14th, 2012. Six months is, or seven months is not a problem for a doppelbock. Mm. Anything Actually, you know, a couple more years on this one might make those hops fade. Yeah. You know? That's true. Uh, biggest thing you got concerned about was, you know, how clean was the packaging process, right? Because it, it's, there's a race going on. You know, if there's bugs in there, they're doing their thing, be it yes. fast or slow. And, you know, fresh beer is usually best beer. But, you know, certain styles age well, and if they were packaged cleanly. Yeah, and it's particularly high alcohol because not only do you, um, it it helps age, but it helps kill other bacteria that might get in there. Well, you got two things. You know, hops are antimicrobial. You know, so hops are actually, that's probably one of the reasons hops became, it's not... It's an acquired taste, right? No one had hops for the first time and said, these are awesome, yeah. right? Um, but they, you know, somehow they found that those beers spoiled less easy. And then alcohol is another one, right? Alcohol is definitely uh, antiseptic, mm-hmm. you know, so that will um, kill those too. So you can be hoppy or you can be strong or you can be both, and that will help your shelf stability a little bit for sure. Got a tweet um, from 
a Twitter person. Yes, I wish I, clo- I closed down all my applications so I wouldn't be distracted, and I wasn't planning on this. But um, the person whose name I will look up while I'm telling the story um, wanted to know if um, he's going on a low carb diet of some sort, and he wanted to know what's the best low carb beers out there. I couldn't help him. My reply was more of what I did, you know, just, you know, don't go low carb and just work the beer into your calorie budget, you know, and then Greg would say, you know, do the one that has a cheat day, you know, so, you know, but, you know, trying to do a low carb diet and find something worth drinking, that's, that's tricky. We uh, did, we did Sam a Adams light, light, maybe. Yeah, we did a light beer show way back when. Uh, Amstel Light, Sam Adams Light. Heineken Premium Light, they're decent. Um, actually, Heineken Heineken Fresh is pretty good. If you can find Heineken Premium Light that's not light struck, we've said this a lot of yeah. times. Go for that. That's that's a pilsner I could drink. Um, Sam Adams Light's decent too. Amstel I didn't care for much. No. Um, hopefully those are in the the carb range. You need something that's ultra light. You might as well just give up beer drinking. Yeah, it's beer is not a low carb thing. I've I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again. Beer is not diet food. Beer is not good for you. Yeah, this was J. U. Miller seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Beer that. is uh, beer is a luxury, and Justin Miller, just like pizza and. Pasta carbonara and all those things should be treated as luxury, not everyday things. Um, if you want to go, if you want to go low carb, then you can't drink alcohol. Alcohol is one of the easiest carbs mm-hmm. for your body to turn into fat. All right, so we're done with the. The Wolfgang, a curious Doppelbach. Interesting. I like it, though. And now we get into the smoke. So this is from Denmark. Evil Twin Brewing. They have a beer called The Cowboy. This is a smoked Pilsner. 5.5%. I saw this and I said, wow, I probably won't like that, but I want to try it. Denmark? How'd you get Denmark? It was at VE. I don't know. They have an international section, you know. Produced and bottled for Evil Twin Brewing at Westbrook Brewing Company, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Really? Well, I didn't think it was an international. It says Denmark on, on Beer Advocate, and their site is in Denmark. So, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought they were like... Midwest, like Chicago-y or something, because <laughs> so, we can't get it here. Um, over Ohio, they have it. So it's it's a Denmark company that's contract brewed in South Carolina? Distributed by 12% LLC, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> it, they didn't seem to have a website. They had a website. Oh, really? I, I yeah, Googled. but they didn't have anything about the beer at the uh, website. But they had a website. I don't know much about Evil Twin. Neither do I. Uh, I do. I saw a story about a clear beer, a little bit darker than an eight, probably more around ten. It's got a uh, you know more of an orangey hue, uh, like like I said, very cloudy. Can't see through it at all. It's got about a half a finger's worth of a small bubble head. And it smells smoky. It does smell smoky. Evil Twin has, um, you know, very interesting names. Oh, they have a uh, stone um, three-way collaboration with Stillwater called The Perfect Crime. It's a black smoked saison. Wait, did you get that one? Yeah, we have that one over there. So we'll be drinking that in the near future. (laughs) I want want more info about Evil Twin Brewing. Like, WTF. Eviltwin.dk. But brewed in South Carolina. 
Oh, the Heineken is brewed in America. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Welcome to Evil Twin Brewing. All right, that's a horrible show. Uh, smoke? Smoke's a little bit different than what you might expect. Let's see if I can figure this one out. It's that's a, uh, Yeah, that's not something I'm trained in. <laughs> it smells kind of like the cinder block. It's reminding me of that from way back from heavyweight it's oh, heavy been so long ago that one re- I don't have a, I don't have any of those and those things were not shelf stable so even the last few we had were you know big phenol bombs um there is a little bit of plastic something or burnt plastic in the aroma but it's not a huge part so I'm going to choose to not focus on that The smoke is very... It's very acrid. It's, um... It's... Man, what is that? It's it's not like a... It's not like a cherry wood or a mesquite. It's it's something more... More primal. More just kind of balsa-like. It's not campfire smoke, though. There's a little more aromatics to it than campfire smoke. Yeah. It's almost. Oh, it's. I'm like it's on the tip of my tongue, so I'm like I want to figure it out, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. So I'm gonna just take a sip here and jump in. That's really smoky. <laughs> like it, like burns like, your throat. It's, it's like so you're smoky. eating a mouthful of twigs. It's um, it's twigs that are on fire. <laughs> it is really smoky. Ah, uh, wow. Okay. Mm, so, yeah, there's. I'm not going to learn much about Evil Twin Brewing. Their about page is yeah. about enough talk about us. Let's have a beer. It says we have purely good maybe the oh we have purely good intentions to disturb, disorder, and enlighten you with unforgettable beers and because we are so much in love with good taste, all the beers from Evil Twin are lovingly manufactured in ten elite breweries around the there's some info. Ten breweries around the world makes Evil Twin. Um, all exclusively handpicked to please you with perfect de- I guess we're talking about the beers. Uh handpicked or maybe the breweries. To please you with perfect, delicate, funky, savvy, sound, and rare flavors. Maybe not the easiest way, but certainly the hardest. One more thing. <laughs> Maybe a not clever... the easiest way, but certainly the hardest? Is that? Did they actually write that sentence? He's from Denmark, apparently. <laughs> or South Carolina. Either way. <laughs> I'm sorry, South Carolinians. Because you're from Denmark doesn't mean you know English. Maybe not the easiest way, but certainly the hardest. Wow. One more thing. A man once said, stay thirsty, stay foolish. We like to think that as our vision minus the attitude. Okay, so ten breweries make Evil Twin. One of them is in South Carolina. Since Stone does a collaboration with them, I wonder if Stone may do some contract brewing for them. It's hard to say. And the website is a little too... They do have fun names. They got Even More Jesus... They have <laughs> Naked Lunch in Copenhagen. Wet Dream was one of them. Uh, Honey, I'm Home. Some ones that are not in English. Mission Hipster Ale, is that what that's <laughs> Yeah. All right, so smoky as hell. But I'm not... Of- I'm not reaching to pour this out. Which is kind of a surprise, because you are not a fan of smoky beers. I'm not a fan of smoky beers, because smoky beers tend to overplay the smoke. They say, this is a weapon, and we're going to use it. And here, the smoke is obviously there, but it's not overwhelming me. It's not... It's... it's not building. It's staying at a, at a at a level place so that the beer is the platform for the smoke, but it just doesn't become more and more and more smoke to me. 
Not yet, anyway. I'm starting to get, you know, my head around the smoke a little bit more. And I'm thinking it might be, like, Beechwood or something like that. I was thinking Beechwood because it, it's so... It's a pretty... It, it lacks the fruitiness. Right. And that's why I said, like, balsa... It's, it it's, doesn't have the spiciness of yeah. mesquite and other, you know, things like that. It doesn't have kind of a sappy, like, resiny. And so, yeah. I'm think hickory. No, no. It, it's not hickory, no. I'm thinking beechwood. Some of their other beers. Oh, this is the one. Remember during our, was that our New Year's? Yeah, New Year's show. Um, the guy, I believe, in Kansas City was drinking Evil Twin. And I think he was drinking the... Talented Mr. Orangutan. They have Freudian Slip and Hop Flood. They have a lot of hipster rails. They come from different places. Williamsburg Hipster and Travister Hipster. Solder Malm Hipster. Lots of beers. They have Yang and they have a Yin. So they have a Yin beer and a Yang beer. I like that. That's clever. I would hope that one's light and one's dark. <laughs> I, I appreciate this one. The before, during, and after Christmas beer. <laughs> the you know the thing with Christmas seasonals is you cannot sell a case of Christmas beer on December. Well, definitely not on January 2nd, but probably not on December 27th either. Yeah, I'm not a fan of smoke beers in general, and... So it kind of goes out saying that I'm not really a fan of this one. But I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a tacit thumbs up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of like uh, if you like smoked beers, I bet you'll probably like this one. The um, It is a smoke bomb. And what I mean by that is it's supposed to be a Pilsner. You Really, it, you can't taste the filter part. It, it's one of those like genetically engineered things where like they they take a well, it's stem cell, right? They take the all the stuff out, they put in whatever they want, and you can't really taste what it used to be. You almost think it, it's a pilsner because that was the lightest, most uh, un uh, unaffecting of the smoke flavor. They they just wanted a very light platform for the smoke, and that's why they made it into a pilsner because. It, it every, everything else is lost. The hops are lost. The the malts are lost. All you taste is the smoke. But like I said, the good thing about it is that the smoke doesn't build and build and build and just become this just smoky resin on your tongue. So uh, so yeah, uh, is it damning with faint praise? I don't know because I usually, you know, I I've been known to pour out beers that were less smoky than this. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm not sure what I think about this thing. <laughs> All right, but we're gonna we're gonna counter smoke with a little bit more smoke, and this is the brewery's smoking wood, and um. It's hard for me to go to VE and not pick up one or two breweries, even though they are expensive. This was a $20 beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few breweries that I am... I'm in. sniffing the bottle, and my eyebrows went up. This Oh, <laughs> this smells interesting. I'll wait till it gets in the glass, but they talk about it being a uh, smoked imperial rye porter. Um, It has some things that remind you of Black Tuesday. It has some things that remind you of other amazing imperial stouts and whatnot. I have, I mean, full disclosure, I have general great feelings about the brewery altogether. A, because... We've had just fantastic beers from them. B, we've met them. They've been really nice to us. Uh, they took us around on that little tour. 
uh, I mean, they were just they, they were really good people too. I, I'd tell you if their beer stunk. This is like the other end of the smoke spectrum on on this guy here. So, Smoking Wood is brewed with beechwood and cherrywood smoked malt, aged in rye whiskey barrels. It is an imperial smoked porter, brewed with a hefty amount of rye malt, and it is a ten percent alcohol by volume. They have what they call a varied release, and their first release was December 2011. This is probably more recent because brewery goes quickly, and this was not there last time I was there. Smell this thing. It smells freaking fantastic. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Soy sauce. Licorice. The smoke is not really apparent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it smells like one of those uh, imperial Deep stouts. Deep molasses. Yeah, molasses was the first thing I smelled. It also reminded me, remember they do the, the maple brown and whatnot. And when I first smelled it out of the neck of the bottle, it reminded me of a lot of maple, too. That should know. be the name of a beer. Maple brown and whatnot. Maple brown and whatnot. <laughs> mm. Do you smell that soy sauce? I smell a little bit of soy. Uh, I... I would hesitate throwing out soy sauce, right? Because it can be such an overpowering... Throwing out is the first thing you mentioned, right? Because it can be such an overpowering aroma. It, it can be... It's right here. I know. Well, but it's it's not the only thing, right? And No, it's a component of the aroma. But when I hear... Soy, soy sauce When I rude. hear somebody say, oh, it smells like soy sauce, especially when it's the first thing, I'm like, eh. That, was, that was the first thing I smelled was soy sauce. The first thing, the first recognizable smell that jumped out at me was soy sauce. Okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I I'm, I, like I'm, I'm pl- no no I'm playing the 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 counter to your thing, saying hold on, people, don't get turned off because we threw out soy sauce first. You know, because it's one of those flavors, uh, one of those aromas that could go like oh, one of those. The lady protests too much. I. I think it's fine that there are flavors that strongly resemble interesting things because it smells really interesting. And capturing all those interesting things doesn't mean it's necessarily gross. Like you said, you've talked before, you've mentioned this story a bunch of times about cracked granite. No one wants to eat cracked granite, but it's a component. No, no, I I agree. No one wants to drink soy sauce from the bottle, but it's a component of this aroma. When you say soy sauce, everyone who's had it thinks Sam Adams triple buck, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the where it goes. So I just want to you go. A lot of people are going to go there. And I just wanted to kind of temper that a bit, not this much, but a bit, but you made me tempered way too much. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting defensive about my soy sauce coming. <laughs> the most silly thing to get defensive about. And I'm getting defensive about it. I haven't tasted it yet because this is one of those ones you just... its We're drinking it from a snifter. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect beer. Warm it up. Yeah. Light up the fire. You know, just put on your slippers in uh, your I'll, house I'll say coat. this much. It... It smells like I didn't overpay. I agree. I yeah, nineteen ninety nine for mm-hmm. for this beer, especially you know, smoking beers. You know, you don't you generally don't like them, right? I've learned to be somewhat hesitant or gun shy of them, and. Um, I still don't smell smoke in this thing. I just smell awesome. Yeah. Not any more smoke than you would get from a stout. Yeah, right. You know? From from a you know, uh, I can smell a little bit of I think the whiskey barrel in there more than I smell smoke. Mm-hmm. Is it barrel aged? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love how it's like from the top of the label, fam- family rue, the brewery. Unfiltered contains alcohol, <laughs> smoking wood, smoked imperial rye, porter aged in rye whiskey. Oh yeah, rye whiskey barrels. Okay, but uh, the contains alcohol is interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about, but I, I would put that on my beer label though. 
Why not? They thought of it before me. But yeah. Yeah, I would definitely... Big white label contains a beer, contains alcohol. <laughs> Something about stating the obvious is nice. Yeah, I mean, it's... It may be a little bit like those uh, those things with um, with plugs where they say don't put it in your mouth, but... <laughs> <laughs> No one can claim they thought that was didn't contain alcohol. Okay, so in the flavor, there is smoke, but it, it's way late. It's after the rye whiskey barrel. And the barrel is so well done in here. It, the blending is phenomenal. Oh my goodness, is that good. I mean, Greg is also over... He doesn't like whiskey barrels very much. He likes whiskey barrels a little bit more than he likes smoke. But uh, he doesn't like it very much. And I'm I like curious. whiskey, but I don't, tend, I don't tend to like whiskey barrels. Right. Because whiskey, just like smoke, people tend to overdo it. Right. And your opinion on this? They're not overdoing it. <laughs> the blending is phenomenal, isn't yeah. it? Oh, my God. Is this awesome? This is not a beer that you want to have every day. This is... <laughs> This is a beer that you want to have every year, right? This is something... If you can have it every day, you live too close to the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't appreciate it enough. Yeah. You're a bad person for yeah. living too close. Yeah, I doubt Patrick Rue has this every day. <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> this is... It, it, this is it's, it's very decadent. It's very... Uh, refined. You can you can tell that they spent a lot of time, like Jeff said, blending this, uh, getting the flavor right, getting the. They, they didn't just you know eh, this is good enough and put it into a bottle. They they worked this thing. They blended the malts, the, the smoky part in just enough so it's there, just enough so it gives a little bit of a of a boost to some of those rye flavors, to some of that whiskey stuff. Mm-hmm. They they mix the. The wood, uh, the woody and whiskey flavors in there, enough to sort of to push the porter out of astringent and into a little bit more alcoholic and peaty, mm-hmm. but without going into oh this is just whiskey with some beer added to it. Oh sure, I mean it definitely. I already said it. I don't want to say it again too much, but yeah, the blending on this. I mean, it's definitely not straight from the barrel into the bottle. Yeah. It's you know, it's either a well. It's either several generations removed from the whiskey, or it's blended way out. Either way, it's probably the it's probably the blended way out one. But it, either way, it's it's a phenomenal. And the end, blend. oh my god, is awesome. is just a, a light cherry wood smoke. Mm-hmm. There is a little smoke in the flavor at yeah. the very very end. Behind yeah. everything else, it it does carry through. And it's not a, a smoke that's like, you know, that's just pounding on you it's just there it's light it's like an incense it's 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 drifting it's mellow it's very well done this is an exceptional beer you ready to rank (laughs) (laughs) greg did say wow i don't know if you remember you saying that but you when you taste it you said wow or when you smelled it smelled it yeah so and I agree. This is a wow beer. This is this is better than a wow. This is like a, this is an exceptional beer. This is a this is a standout. Mm-hmm. This is this is something special. Yeah. And I say this saying, you know, I like the brewery. Like I said, I like those guys. I like a lot of their stuff. I'd tell you if they if they made shit. Or if well, they some made of the beers we've beer. had or. Have been yeah. you know not, not very many of the beers we've had have no. been meh, <laughs> but there have been some it's that like have been Lost like Abbey. Eh. There's one or two. That, yeah. You know. This, I mean, it was an expensive beer, 1999 mm-hmm. here in, or over in Ohio, you know, all the way from Orange County. That'd be at least a thirty dollar beer here in Pittsburgh, if if they came to this yeah. part of the state. Yes, um, but. It is on par with, you know, some of their best beers. I mean, would you rather have, you know, one ounce of Black Tuesday at the Great American Beer Fest, or would you rather have a bottle of this in your house? (laughs) 
That's not a fair comparison. But okay, okay. Would you rather fly to Orange County on the day Black Tuesday is released to get a bottle of Black Tuesday? You know, I mean, this is almost. I mean, this is in the same ballpark as Black Tuesday. So, like, I'm uh, where I was going was where I was going was you don't necessarily have to get that pinnacle of the mountaintop beer from the brewery. You know, look at these other ones. This one is. As good. Okay, it's it's a circuitous path you're, you're getting. This that one, point, this one is I, as good. This one is as yeah. This good. this is um, it's it's a different type of good, but it's as good as Black Tuesday. Sure, yeah. It's it's it's, it's as beer, complex. It, it's as satisfying. It's mm-hmm. as it's worth it's it. not as rare. So if you can taste rare in beers, <laughs> you won't taste as good. I can't but, taste you know, rare in beers. I can't taste. Uh, I, I like to think that I can't t- taste rare, and you know, unless you do double blind, you really don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, come on. I mean, if we were blind, we'd still think this was an exceptional beer. I don't see any way we wouldn't. No, no, I don't think we would. I, I don't think it would change the opinion because I was expecting something not too awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and this is amazing. All right, so for me, the second best beer of the night is going to be the Indigator from Abita. That was a good Hellas Bach. We had a hard time putting words to it, but doesn't mean we didn't like it. Number three, uh, the Cowboy from Evil Twin. It was a interesting, almost remarkable use of smoke. Mm-hmm. And then Wolfgang was going to be four. It was okay, but not a Doppelbock. It was a, it was a mess. It was a weird mess of a Doppelbock. That it was, but I'm still going to rank it third uh, okay. over the Evil Twin. Uh, the Evil Twin, to me, like I said, I'm putting it last because I just don't like the style. Mm-hmm. But if you like the style. I think you'll like the beer. And I didn't pour it out, which is a plus. Uh, so I, I, I only put the Wolfgang ahead of it, I think, because I'm more a fan of the style and I could pick out thing, more things I liked about it. But it was a confused kind of mess of a beer, Wolfgang. So I'm not sure if, if putting it above Evil Twin is necessarily... Because it's a better beer than Evil Twin. In fact, in 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 some ways, Evil Twin is probably in most ways, Evil Twin is probably a better beer than the Wolfgang. But in terms of what I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed the Wolfgang more than the Evil Twin. Okay, gotcha. The Andy Gator was just a very very well done Hellas Doppelbach. There were you know no flaws. It was extremely uh, it was extremely good. For what it was, which was not something you know, jumping and standing out at you and flashing you like the like the brewery thing was, <laughs> and saying, "Look, look at this! Look at this! Look what I got!" But it was saying, "This is this is a well produced beer. You're going to enjoy it, and you will." Uh, but yeah, the uh, the brewery smoking wood was uh, just exceptional beer. Best beer of the year so far. <laughs> so far, so far. Well, that's it. And the best beer of much of last year. <laughs> I mean, I have to go back a long way to to have a beer Not hit me really. like this one did. Not really. The, the the Jolly Pumpkin wasn't that far off. That was better. Not by much. It's better though. Uh, this is better, in my opinion. Well, but anyway, you're you're allowed to be wrong. Thank you very much for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We forgot the commercial, so I'm going to throw them in here. We have our Amazon Bloods, referral link. Part. Just trying to get us to the Great American Beer Fest. People who who like Comedy Bang Bang know what I'm talking about. Plug, okay. At the end is, of the show is plugs, and that's okay. they always joke that's people's favorite part. Oh, we'll just okay. skip to the plugs. Right. <laughs> skip to the plugs. <laughs> so on our website, actually I created a new shortcut. If you are mm. shopping on Amazon, try to think of us before you go there. And craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon will redirect you right through and give you our referral, and you'll be right on Amazon's webpage. 
I'm about to make a mm, probably $150 purchase on Amazon. I will use that link. I spent $110 today, and I use that link. So um, We'll get three or four cents out of that. Something. You know, there was your supplements, and mm-hmm. someone bought some espresso package thing, cartridges. Wait, so you something. know what people buy? You can see who buys what, but you can't tell who buys what. But you told uh, me you bought something, and I figured you weren't buying the coffee. So you were—we've only had one other person use a referral link since we started promoting yeah, I mean, this. Now you've you just, guys should, now you just said, said that there's a privacy problem with this. No, because because you don't know who it is, but you know what people what people if, are buying. So, you, so don't you, buy your big black dildos. No, buy your big black dildos. <laughs> just don't email us saying, "Hey, I just ordered something from you guys because I love you so much." Because then I might be able to correlate the two. But if you don't tell me that you bought something, mm. I'm just as happy because <laughs> I. No, and um, but know that Jeff is checking. Jeff is looking. I'm just Jeff's curious. I'm, I'm just looking to see how much money I've, we've made. And right now, it's been not much. I'm very disappointed in you, listeners, because I know you shop at Amazon a lot more than you have. Use our referral link, craftbeerradio.com/slash Amazon is all you need to do. We also have referral links for Midwest Brew- Home Brewing Supply, mm-hmm. which no one's used yet. Get on the ball, people. Not that big of a surprise. And Bluehost.com. If you're looking for website hosting, I have to strongly recommend Bluehost for like six bucks a month. You get very good to us. Fantastic website hosting. You know, I always complain you can't pay a web host enough to care, um, but I haven't had to make Bluehost care. They do a good enough job that, you know, even though I'm only paying $6 a month, they've given me support when I've needed support, but generally I do not see, do not need support. And we have our PayPal donation links on our website. Go to the donate link at the top, and you can subscribe. Um, we have monthly or weekly or yearly donations, whatever you like. And um, if you feel like we provide a, a service that's worth uh, a little bit of cash, it's just going to go right back into the show. Goes into the show. You. That's it, all it, it does. Yeah, I mean, we obviously don't cover our expenses, but actually, where the money is going to go, it's not going to go into us drinking beer. It's going to go into us getting someplace, be it um, Craft Brewers Conference, American mm-hmm. Home Brewers Conference, okay, Great American Beer, beer Fest, Fest. Um, or you know, maybe we'll do something a little off the radar. If we can get some cash together, we might go on some Craft Beer Radio. Beer excursion, yo. Go check out something cool, you yeah. know. Uh, you know. And at the very least, it'll go send us to, to Belgium. You know, send us to Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you we very need much, a sugar daddy. Thank you very much for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate it, even if you don't support us. Um, but if you're gonna buy something from Amazon, why not give us four percent of that? It doesn't cost you anything more. Um, just go to craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. Uh, Creative Commons license. You can use the show if you want, but you have to give us attribution, non-commercial. Yeah. Not and like what gleated to John Colton. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a pisser. I didn't hear that. But we'll talk about that in the post show. Um, Crafty We love you, people. We love you. Bye bye. <laughs>